Even our faith. Thank you. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you looking forward to a good time of fellowship and Bible study, and we pray that you will be glorified in everything that's said and done tonight. Yes. We want to worship you, and we offer up ourselves to you as a sacrifice. Pray you bless Sister June as she teaches us tonight from your word. Pray we will be able to hear and believe and understand and accept your words. We just thank you for this fellowship. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the godly encouragement and influence. And Lord, we just ask for a blessing tonight on our meeting. We pray for Brother Given and all the other people who aren't be able to aren't be able to be here tonight. Yes. Lord, we just want to give you thanks for being there for us all the times mm -hmm. when we uh, we just couldn't make it on our own without you mm -hmm. and we're thankful that you have made a way for us to uh, to have victory mm -hmm. through the blood of Jesus in his name we pray amen amen, amen. all right obviously I'm not brother given however this is brother given's lesson so we will be hearing from Brother Given of a sort. He's going. Uh, he's continuing there in his uh, study in John, in John 18 verses 19 to 23. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, "I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort." And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? And that is a very intriguing uh, section of scripture. We are called to discern the uh, environment, the, the scene that's happening here. You have Jesus standing before a judge. Jesus, the judge of all men, standing before the judge in a religious court. They don't have the faintest idea who is standing in front of them. But Jesus is still subjecting himself to this court because this is a necessary prelude mm -hmm. to his commissioned death. This is, this is still part of him obeying the commandment of his father. He's, uh, he is very much at this point beginning the laying down of his life. He's refusing to resist his enemies. And this whole experience is involved in Isaiah's prophecy. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. And that's from Isaiah 53, 7. Now, Jesus' ministry while he was on the earth, it wasn't... It, it, was it aggressive like mean but it was aggressive like it was forceful he pressed the agenda of the father while he was on the in the days of his flesh 
And in that time, there wasn't one of his his enemies or those that opposed him that could say anything that would stick. None of them could find any any cause or, or any accusation to condemn him. No. Now they tried. They tried hard. Uh, they tried deceitfully. I remember whenever they brought the woman accused of adultery to him. They tried to trap him in the law. Whenever they, whenever they tried to trap him about uh, did he pay tithes to Caesar? And whenever he answered, they couldn't answer again. Mm -hmm. So always, didn't you always kind of wonder what he wrote in the sand? Whenever they all dropped their stones from the youngest to the oldest and walked away. So, and uh, gave them that answer, the wisdom of Jesus in these things. But see, it's because he knew the whole counsel of God. He knew who God was, what he was about, what he was doing. He knew the word of God because he was the word of God. But in these circumstances, the appearance is, is that that uh, Jesus was, um, that he didn't judge those things right then and there. They, that's what men wanted. Judge this. Get this judged right now. And he, he was exhibiting one of the traits of the Father and of the Son of God, that they can hold their anger for a season. Because first, first off, God is not willing that any should perish. God takes no delight in the death of the wicked. But he is righteous. And there's only, whenever it comes to the point where it is wrong for God to forbear, or there is no just cause for his forbearance any longer, then that's it. Uh, there are some occasions here. Uh, God held back his indignation at Sinai, mm -hmm. and that reference is Numbers yeah. 32.10. He held it back in the wilderness when Israel tempted him that tenth time, whenever he had to tell them they weren't going in. And he will even now, today, because of the prayer of a believer, hold his his wrath back at least four times, like I said, as long as God can find a just cause, to, to give that person mercy and space to repent. Amen. He'll work with them. Now, whenever men see this, unjust men, instead of concluding that the Lord is merciful and that uh, he, he is maintaining his justice and his righteousness, even in these circumstances, they instead often see this as a kind of evidence that God doesn't get angry. Like, God doesn't think that's so bad because he didn't do anything about it. But that's not the case. God will not have uh, an unending a, the appearance of acceptance. He's not going to have mercy whenever, and God knows the hearts of men. There comes a time when mercy is not appropriate anymore. God knows that, we don't. 
So there is a time when men just, they just uh, put their sin under God's nose, so to speak, and are unrepentant, that God will judge things. It's a vain thought that finds itself in our thinking, to think that God cannot get angry. God will not get mad with us. He's, he's all mercy and kindness and what they call love. Well, we put ourselves in great jeopardy because we provoke the Lord to jealousy. So you have to answer the question, are we stronger than he? <laughs> Scriptures tell us that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. And so God does have wrath. Now let's go back to our, our lesson here. Jesus standing, being um, required of by men, says the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Yeah. Now the uh, New King James Version uh, says about his disciples. New Living Translation talks about his followers. But it's a very telling question. What kind of people follow Jesus? and preferred to be with him. Yeah. Now that's what Jesus asked them to consider. He says, ask them. What would the answer to that question be today? The question is not what kind of followers should they be, mm -hmm. but what kind of disciples are they? Mm -hmm. The high priest was probably trying to determine whether or not Jesus was... Um, teaching heresy. And there are the two examples, uh, like Gamaliel said of uh, Thutis and of Judas of Galilee. It says, Before these days rose up Judas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And he was saying, if this, is, if this man is of God, we can't resist him. Yeah. And if he's not, it'll become evident. Mm -hmm. Sister Jew, what was, yes. what was the, the verse of that? Was that in Acts? Acts 5, 36 and 37. Now, up to this time, they had not been able to find any kind of lack in the teaching of Jesus. And while they're examining him now, they're not going to be able to find it now either. Jesus didn't answer their question. He didn't tell them what his doctrine was. He didn't tell them about his disciples. Rather, he referred them to his ministry in the open. There was plenty of evidence there. That's right. That's right. In the synagogues and in the temple. See, this is a religious court. That's right. And the, where the synagogues and, the, and in the temple, uh -huh. he openly declared right. his yeah. doctrine. Amen. And what kind of people followed him? That's right. They were evident also. Mm -hmm. The 
Uh, the people said of his teaching, never a man spoke like this. And the 12 disciples remembered his words. Others marveled, saying, how knoweth this man letters since having never learned? So the people that followed him and yeah. knew him, they, they had this witness yeah. already. That's and right. it was in the open. Mm -hmm. It was for everybody to know. That's right. Brother Robert? Yeah, you know, this was a, not really an honest question because mm -hmm. they already knew what he had been teaching all this time. But it does teach us something. See, Jesus didn't say, none of your business. Or he, he gave them an answer, but see, it wasn't the answer they wanted. Right. But see, what, well, everyone who teaches and, and who teaches the scriptures ought to be able to tell to 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 um, prove it, prove what they're saying. But Jesus had already proved it is the point. And he he everything he said, he, he didn't turn away. Somebody asked him a question, he answered. Somebody come and asked him, how do we have eternal life? He he, he worked with the people. He gave them the truth. And, but see now at the, the last moments here, they're gonna try to act like, well, where'd you come from? You know, like what are you teaching? It wasn't honest at all. They knew who he was. Yeah. They had sent people there. He sent people there to try to trap him. This was the same high priest that had sent the people to him. Well, they were they were offended in him. Yeah. Because they didn't love the truth. That's right. That's right. Now this part about end of his doctrine. Mm -hmm. What about Christ's doctrine? Yeah. The other versions, the American Standard versions. Uh, version said of his teaching huh. and then the new living translation I'm sorry my mouth is dry and what he had been teaching them yeah. the word the other versions read of his teaching okay uh, the singularity of the word doctrine or teaching confirms that the teaching of our Lord was centered and focused so just like the word of God is the word of God we read parts of it here and there, but it's all connected. It is the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So the doctrine of Christ yes. is a singularity also. It, right. it has uh, vantages, and, mm -hmm. and it's wide, yeah. but it's, it's all connected, and it comes under the heading of his doctrine. While Jesus ministered among men, he clearly said of his doctrine, My doctrine is not mine, yes. but his that sent me. Amen. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Amen. In other words, it's going to work. It's going to be true. So, oh, Brother Justin, thank you so much. Everybody that has to listen to me thanks you too. Now this is the same doctrine God opened up to the apostles. Again, it is the doctrine. So their doctrine, what they teach, is not going to be different from what Jesus taught or what the Father gave to Christ to give us. Jesus told them that very evening, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. That was part of the doctrine of Christ. That's right. 
that the Spirit would be our teacher and that he wasn't going to speak of himself. He was going to speak what he was given. And um, then John 16, 13, the doctrine Jesus preached announced the purpose of Almighty God. And he says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now that's John 10, 20-29. I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong reference. That's his doctrine. That's what he was teaching. And we know other things that he said that would comport perfectly with this about eternal life. Jesus was speaking right. about eternal yes, life. Yes, amen. Wait. Yes. You know, it, it isn't that, because some people get the wrong idea about this. They think, well, see, Jesus would have taught something different. No, see, that isn't what he's saying. He's saying that the doctrine originated, in other words, with God. and But he's here, he's living out the doctrine. He, you could you could look at Jesus and he perfectly represented everything he said. Mm-hmm. Now that is I'll talk about a testimony. That's a testimony. Yep. And, and yet he said he gave the credit or the to, to God. God's in heaven and he's here on earth, and so he's acting appropriately. Mm-hmm. Amen. And he told the people what to expect if they believed on him. Mm-hmm. He that believeth on me. As the scripture saith, mm-hmm. have uh, said, out of his belly shall yes. flow rivers of living water. Amen. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the yes. Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. That's John seven thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Amen. So he, this is what you would expect when Jesus had had put away sin. Uh-huh. We would expect. To, to have this experience, those that believe on him, uh-huh. rivers of living water would flow out of their belly. Amen. Now, did it happen? See, his disciples were ones that experienced right. the truth. Now, in his doctrine, he told the people what to seek first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's Matthew 6, 33. Mm-hmm. He told the people about false prophets and to yeah. beware of them. Matthew yeah. 7, 15, and 16. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? That's a doctrine. Yeah. That's a teaching. Mm-hmm. He told the people of the day of judgment. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Matthew 12, 36 and 7. He declared unto them the resurrection of the dead. That's a doctrine. That's a teaching. That we expect that after we that we vacate these mortal coils that we have a body, we have a building not made with hands, mm-hmm. eternal in the heavens. Um, let's see. And then continuing there, it says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, 
and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. That's John 5, 28 and 29. So not only do we know that there's going to be a resurrection, but we know that there's going to be a separation yes. in the resurrection yeah. between the wicked and the righteous. That is a doctrine. That's a teaching. That's right. Yeah. Now, what kind of disciples does Jesus have? And what is his doctrine? I want to talk about that for a minute. Like, if somebody said, I'm a disciple of Jesus, no. what, do you, what expectation is there no. of yourself and of others? Anybody with that profession? Brother that, Jesse? You, that you follow Jesus. Yeah. You say, I'm a Christian, you, you should follow Christ. Yeah. yeah but he said, he, Jesus gave us the definition of this. Unless you take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow, you can't be my disciple. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for somebody who says, well, he'll accept everybody. Well, he's laid down some conditions, right? Even with them, they had. Remember, they said we've denied all, and so, so he, he gave them a good word on that. But they were going to receive. So saying, well, it doesn't matter what you do, Jesus, you couldn't be his disciple. No. I mean, you say, well, well, you know, I agree with, uh, you know, I, I won't commit bad sins, but that cross thing, I don't know about that. Yeah. Right? But see, Jesus defined it. Why? So that we, us that come after, will understand more fully what it, what does it mean? You know, I remember Brother Fred one time, he said in a baptism church, he says, I think a lot of people would turn around and leave the building if we told them what Jesus required. Mm-hmm. This is what they we, he requires. If you don't want to do that, then... Don't, you, you can't be his disciple. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, if you're going to be a disciple, you can't be a disciple if you don't know any of the doctrine either. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess for me, I would expect that somebody would be seeking to know what what is recorded, what he has given us to that's know right. concerning his Amen. doctrine. Amen. Yeah. Be, go ahead. The other hand, if you if you do uh, forsake all and follow after him, you can be his disciple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can be his disciple. Yeah. Well, that's that's the evidence of being Amen. a disciple. Nobody else will do that. Brother Barney, a disciple is a student. So yes. There's an, an implicit assumption there that you're there to learn. Mm-hmm. Students will learn. The only teacher in this case is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the disciple recognizes that. They don't just follow Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, they follow the only teacher mm-hmm. that they know that can give them the, the words of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, in John 14, I just wanted to make sure, sure that this was what I said was scriptural. John 14, he three times he mentions this. He says, uh, about leaving. In other words, he gets really, really specific. He says, if a man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brother and his sister and yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Mm-hmm. So it's hate, do you mean like hate him like you want to do evil to know that when it comes down to a preference, you choose yeah. Christ over everything else. That's what he's talking about. And then in 
14.27 says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross yeah. and come after me cannot be my disciple. In verse 33 it says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all he hath, all he hath. cannot be my disciple. So they, he, he narrows it down. And so it, the thing is, is that what he's offering is so much better than every one of those things. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. only thing we have here is temporal things. They're going yeah. to pass away. You know, and yet he's offering you eternal life, reigning yeah. with him. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's his doctrine. Yes, yeah. amen. That's right. See, that a person that does this, they receive, they believe the doctrine. Yes, amen. For the just I don't imagine any of the spirits of just men made perfect that are in the cloud of witnesses right, right now. I don't imagine any of them thought that it was a bad deal that that's Jesus right. gave them. And they just wish they could have taken something. The things yeah. we have now, we think we have them, but they're just passing through our hands. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All of it. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Anybody else have uh, an observation or contribution? Okay. When, now, go ahead, Brother David. Uh, John, mm -hmm. Jesus said many times that uh, his uh, doctrine was not his, but from his father. Yeah, that's yes. right. And he said uh, he said what his uh, you already read the scriptures, John 7 16 and 17 Jesus answered them and said my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Mm -hmm. If any man will do his will, he shall know what the doctrine whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. That's right. So it, he's the one speaking it, but it isn't just something he came up with. He, he was sent on a mission to Mm -hmm. to tell us. Amen. Yeah. And I was looking for the scripture, I think it's in Luke, but it, he talked to the uh, Pharisees. He said, you can't, he said, you can't believe in me because you accept the, uh, uh, you accept the, uh, he says, how can you believe in me if you accept the praises of men? Yes. You prefer the praise of rather yes. than the praise of God. Yeah. I right. couldn't think yeah. of the scripture, but it, yeah. that's the scripture. Right. If, if you seek someone, honor, yeah. honor, yeah. If someone is looking to be uh, praised by men and not by God, then they can't be his disciple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he, he finished up in there whenever he said, um, you think I'm, I'm coming to condemn you. I'm not coming to condemn you. You do have one that will judge you. Even Moses, uh -huh. whom you say that you trust, but if you don't believe his writings, how can you, if you don't uh, was it believe his writings, how can you hear my words? Mm -hmm. Because he spoke of oh. Christ. It's John 5, 44. Yeah. Okay. How can you believe, yeah. which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? That's right. Amen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Okay, now Jesus also said here, they know what I said. He said, why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me yes. what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Mm -hmm. Now, why askest thou me? Other versions read, NIV, why question me? Or why demandest thou me as the Darby or the uh, Douay? There was no need for him to answer that question. Yeah. 
Christ's ministry was public. Amen. They're asking him what he said. Everybody could hear what he said. In fact, multitudes heard what he said many times over, oft times. They're just trying to trap him again in a, in a contradiction. So the same is true of the, uh, the, just as Christ's ministry was a very public one, it's true of the ministers that God sends today. They're given a message that is to be publicly proclaimed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So that if they were sent to a specific church, mm-hmm. that all of the people are to hear what's taught. All of the yeah, all right. of the people. Amen. Not just a few here and a few there. So I'm, um, like, can you think of what somebody else teaches like publicly a lot? Is it doctrine? Is it, is, that's what is supposed to be happening. Right. The doctrine is supposed to be being proclaimed. Amen. Amen. Not, not the traditions, the that's doctrine. Right. And that doctrine, just as Jesus received it from the Father, what we deliver is to be received of Jesus, and, and uh, we're to understand it through the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's still the same doctrine. It is the doctrine of, of Christ, which is what is the doctrine of God. Now, Jesus had already told them he spake openly to the world. Anybody was welcome to hear what he said. He said, I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple. Those were the two main gathering places for the Jews to come together and to hear from the scriptures. Now, there's a lot of a lot of people that know the scripture in those places. And what he said, he said in their hearing. So if there was a discrepancy with scripture, surely somebody in the synagogue or the temple would have been able to raise an objection yeah. and, and give a scriptural reason for that objection. It says, and in secret have I said nothing. So he wasn't going around telling one person this and then telling another person that. It was the doctrine. It was for everyone. It's, It's written of the public ministry of Jesus. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And again, and he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. And again, it came to pass that on one of those days that he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel. Mm -hmm. The chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders. Mm -hmm. Now, their their coming upon him didn't come to anything either. Uh But why did they do that? They knew where to find him. They knew what he was doing. Uh He didn't do it secretly. It was in the open. Mm -hmm. And it was freely broadcast. Luke 20 and 1 is where those were found. Uh, Now Jesus, uh, speaking of this ministry, it was for everyone. There were times when special teaching was given to his disciples. But that's only because uh, of the truth that he expounded. That's the Montgomery. uh, Montgomery. Montgomery translation. Thank you. Uh, 
that had been hidden to the mul they, them had been hidden to the multitudes, the things that he spoke. When he spoke it, the multitudes didn't get it. It was hidden. <coughs> he said unto his disciples, Unto you it is given to know the, men, right, the mystery yeah. of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Mm -hmm. And this is also uh, a, a reference to the scriptures. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Uh, we find that in Mark 4, 11, and 12. <clears throat> Jesus still opens the truth to some people while hiding it to others. Right. Therefore the church is told, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which is after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 4, 20-24. Such things are not addressed uh, to those who are not in Christ. Mm -hmm. But the Lord still says enough to even the alienated that they have no excuse for failing to inquire further. In other words, even those that saw or heard the parables. Mm -hmm. Now his disciples, what did they do? They went and they asked him, yes. what does this mean? Mm -hmm. They knew he wasn't yeah. just talking to hear his voice. That's right. That when he said something, there was, there was a truth. There was something profitable. And they didn't get it. So they went to him and they asked. The others could have done the same thing. They heard the same thing that the disciples heard, but they didn't bother to come and inquire. So they didn't get the further explanation. They had enough to make them curious if they had a genuine interest. Uh, Jesus says, ask them that heard me. Now this is still how the Lord works. If a person desires to know more of Jesus and what he teaches, they must inquire to someone who knows him and has been taught by him. We have an example here uh, in the early church that uh, whenever the Greeks desired to see Jesus, it says, The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Yes. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. That's John 12, 21 and 22. Andrew and Philip knew where to find Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they knew what Jesus had said. That's right. And so they could take mm -hmm. the Greeks to Jesus. And there's still people who want to see Jesus. Um, and the disciples, even present day, that's one of the things that we would expect of a true disciple, is that an inquirer would be able to come to us and we would be able to take them to Jesus, so to yeah. speak. Yes. Now, one of their officers that was, that was standing by Jesus is, says, and when he had thus spoken, and notice Jesus didn't rail on the high right. priest. Uh -huh. 
He didn't say anything that was worthy of reproof. One of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? That's John 18.22. Now this officer had more respect for the high priest than for the one that God had sent to his people. Jesus, in his view, was the inferior of the two. And I am, uh, there's no doubt but what he knows better now. Jesus told his disciples that they would experience the same kind of opposition. He said, Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And they shall, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Matthew 10, 17 and 18. Now if the people do not recognize Jesus then they're not going to recognize his disciples. John the Beloved wrote to believers, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. And then he also said, It hated me before it hated you. We must zealously avoid misconceptions of of Christ Jesus' purpose, ministry, and manner of teaching. The world has its own idea about what a Savior should be. But now, this thing about avoid misconceptions of Jesus Christ's purpose, ministry, and manner. A disciple has has a charge from God himself to be true, not only to uh, being able to rehearse his sayings, but of doing as Jesus did. Jesus, when he came, he gave us the words of the Father, but he always did the will of the Father. So as he was, so are we in the world in, in every respect. We don't have the same measure. We're not him, but everything that is about us has to be from him. If yeah. it's not of Jesus, it's not going to be received of God. That's right. Anything outside of Jesus is the world. Yeah. And so a disciple lives within the parameters of being made like unto Christ and putting off the things that, as we realize it, as we see it, as we're taught, as we mature, those things are continually cast away. We deny them. We reject them. Now, at baptism, we're not perfect experientially, but we are growing in that. And that's what a disciple does continues to sit at the feet of Jesus, continues to subject themselves uh, wholeheartedly to the doctrine of Christ, uh, to actively, as soon as you know what the truth is, the the effect of faith is that you do it. As soon as you you see it and you're convinced this is the truth, Mm -hmm. then you do the truth. Remember John talked about those who do not the truth? That's what he was talking about. We do the truth. That's right. So, and again, the world, they have their idea of what a Savior is, but they don't even know what they're being saved from. Mm -hmm. Some of them know the jargon, but they would be a lot more serious if if they really believed it. Now, 
what are your thoughts about Christ's public ministry? Like, the Christ provoked his ministry in, uh, provoked inquiry. Right. And uh, honest and good hearts wanted to know the doctrine. That's right. Christ on public ministry justified uh, the doctrine of, of God. So he, in other words, when he went, as he went about doing good, healing many, all these, he was showing us what the Father's, what he was like. If you see me, you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he lived it out. So it, this is very vital. If you say, well, but I've got these 20 tenets of belief. Uh, this is what my doctrine is. Well, then if, if, if that's what you're going to teach, you better live it. Otherwise, it doesn't have any weight at all. If you just say, you ought to do this and this and this, but I don't do it, but you ought to do it. Yeah. And Jesus lived it out. Everything he said could be confirmed by what he did. Mm -hmm. And now this is this is the, uh, you know, and, and like you said, he did it publicly in front of everybody. He didn't do anything behind the scenes. Or See, the Pharisees, they would go in the other room and make deals, you know, out of, out of the public eye. That's how politicians, that's how they work. There's shady deals in the back rooms. But Jesus did everything right out in the open. Why? Because his doctrine was true. If there wasn't anything about his doctrine that wasn't absolutely, that he couldn't he couldn't point to something that God had already said in the, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. All the, those words, he, he, he justified God. Now that's amazing. And anyone who now today... If, the, if you say, I've received Christ, well, then he, and I'm living for him, well, then you, you need to live for him. You need, that testimony needs to verify. Otherwise, you're actually, you're, you're bringing reproach on the name of Christ. Think about, go ahead, Brother Mike. Uh, he was fearless. Yes. He was in the midst of people that were hostile to him. Yes. For the first, right. you know, first off, but he was teaching the same message no matter who you were. You got mm -hmm. to hear the same words. And his word was like a two-edged sword. The yes. words that came out of his mouth were like a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. So he knew he was creating divisions. Mm -hmm. He still didn't cause him to hesitate. And he knew that the more he spoke in this environment that he was in, the more the people would start to hate him. And the mm -hmm. more they would seek to, to, uh, to kill him. See, twice he, they, yeah. the Pharisees said they saw the more to take him. Yes. Yeah. So, it was completely without fear. And, That's right. and, and that is, I believe, the mindset that a disciple has to have mm -hmm. as well. It's very difficult. I'm, I'm, I, can't, I don't have that fearlessness. You know, we're beset by, by so many weaknesses because of the flesh. But Jesus, he had none of those. See, he, he knew the Father. Yeah. And um, he, he came to bring divisions on earth. But he came to put away the division between heaven yeah, and yeah. us, so which was the worst right. of the the two. And um, but we do have to remember, you know, he he walked, he, he is a man. Right. He was a man whilst he was on earth. Yeah. He was not immune to violence. But see here too. Here's an idea. Um, are you able to keep your thought? Okay. Um, he there was nothing about Jesus that was self-centered. No. Yeah. These fears and stuff. Have have relevance to seeking self. Yeah. He sought only to do the will of Him that sent Him, and so self wasn't the issue. So he didn't have that fear. 
uh, that uh, some men experienced, he knew, he knew what the truth, and we know what the truth is. And when we're more persuaded of, of eternity and, and the faithfulness of God, then we won't have, not that we're gonna look forward to it, we're not gonna go around with a sign saying, hey, persecute me, but he was, he was just himself all the time, and that's yeah. what the believer has to be. Just be what God has made you. Yeah. Yeah. And if something comes up, you know, people worry about going out and finding somebody and going, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah. A disciple lives out their faith, yes. yeah. but, but if they're in a hostile environment, we've all been there, yeah. and something comes up where the opportunity is just begging for somebody to step yeah. in, the believer doesn't have any fear, even though they know yeah. they're going to get pounded. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew what was in man. Mm-hmm. Like he, Jesus understood things at a higher level than we're able to understand. He was able to say to Judas, "It was better, be better it would have been better for you if you were never born." Mm-hmm. So he could say that to a person. Mm-hmm. He could say, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." He could say that because he knew that. Mm-hmm. See, and so. Actually, the more that you know and the more that you understand about the way things really are, I mean, he said, he said, Jesus said, the lusts of your father you will do. Mm-hmm. He said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do his works, but, mm-hmm. but the lusts of your father, you're, he said, you are of your father the devil. Mm-hmm. He could say that to these people because he knew. So it's like the more that you know about what's actually going on around you, there's a stability to that. There's a stability to growing up in Christ. There's a surety. There's a there's a there's a stability that comes with knowing that God is for you. If God is for us. Who who can be against us? Jesus said things like, "Don't fear those who are able to kill the body, but afterwards can do nothing. Can do nothing." So if you know that. Afterwards, they can do nothing. See, the, the, there's a, there's a, there's power that comes with living like this and yes. knowing these things. And, and I can tell you, just from experience, before I knew the Lord, to when I first started serving the Lord and didn't really know a whole lot, and as I'm growing up in the Christ and getting to know the Lord more and more, I find myself bolder, more confident in situations that I can look back and I. It used to be like that. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. part of maturing and growing up into the faith. So, see, Christ was the extreme example of that. That's right. He was the he had the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. That's right. Christ did not fear men, fear what men would do to him. Uh-huh. See, that's being more persuaded of God than we are of ourselves or our circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is this other, you know, Jesus, remember when he came and they took him? And just to make sure that we all understood this, Jesus said this. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? See, Jesus was very conscious of who he was, what he was doing, yeah. and so he's, he's teaching us. And see, he, like I said, he lived out this doctrine. So you're going to be asked sometimes to, to submit to things that are unpleasant. Yeah. But because, of, because you're in God's kingdom... And he leads you to the path of righteousness. Maybe sometimes it's righteous for you to, to take the back seat. You know, to, to, just to say, no, I'm going to prefer this brother or this. Why? Because 
we're, we're, we're walking with Jesus. And that was what he did. Somebody who was, he, just as a, he had the fullness of the Godhead both in a bodily, and yet he submitted to this. He said, yeah. how, how will the scriptures be fulfilled? Right? Yeah, he wasn't being, um, he humbled himself. That's right. Yeah. Nobody, nobody humbled Jesus. It says specifically, yeah. he right. humbled himself. Yes. And he was, yeah. he was accomplishing the, the purpose of God. And so he, he restrained yes, any opposition. Right. He refused. He refused to resist them. That's right. And it's so that uh, his death at the cross would be accomplished. Amen. That he would That's right. go Amen. there. All right. Now, we want to, I don't know. Uh, we want to go through this very last section here when it says, Why smitest thou me? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. If well, why smitest thou me? Yeah. Now, Jesus knew that those who were uh, trying him had their own definition of what evil speaking was. Yeah. It says, For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And then to embrace the tradition of men. Remember now, we're not talking about, because Apostle Paul says the, the tr there are traditions that we do follow. But they're not the traditions of men. They're yes. not extra scriptural traditions. It says to embrace the tradition of men, must, one must neglect the commandment of God. So if you see you have a tradition and you have to neglect something that that is the doctrine of Christ, you have to prefer, if you're going to be a disciple, you prefer the doctrine of Christ, not the tradition. Or, in uh, the New Revised Standard Version, it says, abandon the commandment of God. And the Amplified reads, disregard and give up and ask to depart from the commandment of God and cling to the tradition of men, keeping it carefully and faithfully. Paul wrote to the Colossian church concerning this matter, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. To spoil you means to rob you of what you have received from Christ. This plundering is not by force, it's by deception. And such delusion, which received, carries the people away, captive to serve the whims and traditions of men rather than God. See, there's a vigilance here. What we're doing here tonight is part of that vigilance. Yeah. We are submitting ourselves to the Word of God. We're, we're, uh, we're here for the purpose that God would teach us by His Word and by His Spirit and that we would grow in our understanding concerning these things Amen. so that we not be deceived, that we not be pulled away, and that we're able to grow. It says, notice how Christ places the responsibility squarely upon the religious dignitaries before whom he stands. He will not defend himself for his ministry included the revelation of who sent him. I... I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. The source of his message, 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. And then precisely how the validity of his marriage, uh, his message could be confirmed. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So th it's not going to just be words like men's words. The Father is going to be perceived because these words, there's spirit in their life. There's power in them that man's word cannot, it, it, it can't Amen. possess it. We don't have the power of, of uh, life in ourselves. That's we have right. to be given life. Amen. And then we can speak these words to be sure, but the power still comes from God. Amen. This is still the appointed way to affirm the source of Christ's uh, message if his words are known and his words are kept and obeyed. Amen. If you don't keep them, you don't really know them. You're not going to be able to keep that knowledge. You know, all right, Brother Sid, he could say, well, I know about raising cattle, but now if all his cattle died and were sick and ran away because he didn't keep his fences up and a whole bunch of other things, who's going to believe he knows about raising cattle? He's not doing what he's claiming. And I can tell you right now, I could tell you I was I was good at carpentry all day long, but none of you would be asking me to come over and build anything for you. <laughs> because you know I wouldn't be able to live up to that. I wouldn't be able to do what I professed. And people who do not believe what God has said, do uh, God hasn't given them the power mm -hmm. to do them. Yeah. So, says, but... Now he talks about, you know, if he, if he said something evil, then speak it out. Declare it. Yeah. See, show it for what it is. He says, but if well, why smitest thou me? Yeah. If nothing wrong can be found in what Jesus said, then why did one of the officers strike him? If the man cannot come up with an acceptable reason, he'll surely give an account of that deed on the day of judgment. And this is also true of Paul when the high priest commanded that uh, one of the men uh, smite him on the mouth. It says, Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall, for settest thou in judgment over, over me after the law, and commandeth me to be smitten contrary to the law. In other words, you're sitting there judging me because you're saying, I broke the law. And you're breaking the law. Now, and then they that stood by said, Revile thou God's high priest? Then Paul said, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. Notice he didn't say, well, I take it back. Yeah. He just pretty much said that it was unintentional that, and he, was not, he wasn't disregarding any law. So um, 
Paul didn't know the identity of the high priest, yeah. but God does, yeah, that's right. and He will. He'll, the, Paul will be vindicated in the judgment. Yeah. Now, when there's no judgment in the land, God takes note of it wherever it is. The way of peace they know not. Yes. There's no judgment in their doings. They have made them crooked paths. Mm-hmm. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Now there's a social condition that God describes in vivid language. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it and he was displeased that there was no judgment. And when we say displeased, that God is, is right then. He's judging. He's assessing and judging. Yes. One of the functions of the church is to beseech God during such occasions. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for they that are in authority, that we may lead quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The reason is twofold. First, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. The second is that such a life might be in all godliness and honesty. In view of these things, Peter admonishes us, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Yes. Now, the last question that Brother Jim had on his, his lesson is, why should we be willing to wait until the day of judgment to be vindicated? misjudge the whole situation if I tried to judge it now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know everything and I don't know all the story. I don't know why a person you know, I could assume, well they did it for this reason or that reason. But see, they may have not done it for that reason at all. So God knows, he knows everything. And God's going to do what's right. And yes. sometimes what's right, actually it, you know, I can remember thinking about something that happened years ago that I judged but I couldn't have. And then I realized that is really isn't what was going on at all. And that was actually made ashamed because I had misjudged that whole situation. Yeah. That's why it says judge nothing before the time. Yeah. So does that, the judgment, you know, personal things, but we can't take them that way. we got to just yeah. give it to the Lord and the, the yeah. judge of all the earth will do right. And, and, you know, this is, it teaches us, see, we are not the most important right. element in, in this whole scheme of salvation. Amen. Jesus is. So, you know, Amen. we may be called in the tribulation that again, we may not. So, but, but it, it, what a relief. What, what a great peace, show, you know, this can be realized if you just right. give it to the Lord and, you know, and, but at the moment, in the moment, now this can be very difficult mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, 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 say, to say that because, well, you know, if they're kicking your door in and, you know, so, you know, I, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Amen.
of the justice? That's exactly why I'm willing to wait because it says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, I will repay. See, the day of judgment really has more to do with God being vindicated than with Mm -hmm. us being vindicated. And so that's the, and the the day of judgment is set aside specifically for God's glory. Mm -hmm. And so now's the day of salvation. Now's really not the time to work out a bunch of judgments. Now's the time for men to be saved. See, that's what's that's what's being spoken of whenever he says, uh, let God be true, but every man a liar. Yeah. And that he'll be justified in all his sayings. Yeah. Yes. And he will stand when he's judged. See, men are really standing in judgment of God whenever you hear people say, well, that's not right. God did that. Yeah. Or I don't agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Or see, but in that day, he all he's, he's going to be justified Amen. in all his sayings yes. and stand. There's going to be Amen. no tongue wag against him. Yeah. So, all right. Um, those were those were some very good things. Yeah. I had something to add to that about why we should and often do wait until the day of judgment to be vindicated. That I was going back to the fruit of the spirit: mm-hmm. <clears throat> love, joy, peace, long suffering, mm-hmm. yeah. gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, mm-hmm. temperance. So yeah. This is what the spirit bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't say, you know, um, condemnation and vindication and vengeance. And it mm-hmm. doesn't say any of that. However, something that I once heard another pastor say, he said that um, justice delayed, one of the things that that does is it gives the offending party an opportunity for repentance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Amen. that, um, as far as with me, I found a great deal of comfort and hope in that and also in the scripture that it is not God's will that any should perish. Yeah. Any. There are people that have done some very, very, very bad things, but it's not even God's will that they should perish, but that they too should come to repentance. Yeah. So that's another reason why it's, you can find peace in knowing that on the day of judgment, ultimately God's will is going to be accomplished. Amen. I like that thought that Sister Eva presented there with the temperance and long-suffering. In other words, the, the forbearing judgment is actually working something in you. Mm-hmm. It's working something in you. Notice whatever Jesus, and he had, some, he had some hard words for some people, but he was never like lashing out That's in right. a fit of carnal anger. Yeah, yeah. Amen. It was everything he did was, was controlled by... Mm-hmm his knowledge of the truth and his desire to serve Mm -hmm. the Father. Mm -hmm. And there may be, you know, the Paul spoke about those whose mouths must be stopped. You know, Mm -hmm. they have to be resisted. They're they're teaching wrong things. They're leading men astray. But he's not saying go beat them up. That's right. You know, he's saying that the truth has to be proclaimed and and has to be um, upheld. That that men has to speak to those things so that um, God is justified in that not misrepresented Amen. So, but it's not a matter of personal anger right, it isn't right. anger generated in us because we don't like something or whatever there, there yeah. is a righteous indignation but that doesn't that isn't like a, a personal hatred that's right Amen. 
So. Amen. That's why it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, there we have mighty weapons, but they're all in the spiritual way. So, which tells us that the, sometimes the things that people are doing, they're not even doing them of their own volition. Right. They're being moved by these spirits. Yeah. So, yeah. Brethren, I, I don't know what I've done on time. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Thank you for putting up with me. That was, I'm going to say again in case somebody didn't hear. It was not my lesson. It was Brother Gibbons' lesson. I want to give him all of the good credit. <clears throat> so we'll go ahead and, and open up for any any things that we as a, an assembly need to pray about together. Well, we can pray for Brother Gibbons. I'm taking him to uh, the doctor again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want this to get out of hand. But, yes, uh, appreciate that very much. Okay. Well, the men's meeting, or the men's ladies, whatever, they get this next Thursday here at the building. And, um, but David's teaching. Right. Yeah. Well, we used to call uh, Hungry Saints the Friday meeting, so yeah. I guess we can call it the Thursday meeting. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's been very profitable. Okay. Yes, it has. All right. Well, brother, in view of. of uh, what the scriptures have been about this night, uh, seeing the wisdom of Jesus, mm -hmm. and then finishing up with this uh, praying for those who are in authority, uh -huh. you see there that this was an abuse of authority by the high priest and, <coughs> and the council, and uh, they were always antagonistic and always trying to make trouble. Well. Satan hasn't lost that, that trick in his bag. So we need to pray for those in authority. They may be believers, they may not be believers. But God can turn the heart of a king as the rivers of water. Amen. So they can he can cause even unbelieving people yes. to do things that would advantage the people of yes. God so that we could live quiet and peaceable lives mm -hmm. unto all godliness and righteousness. Amen. So, all right. Well, uh, would Brother, Brother David, would you like to begin us, please? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come to you. Yes. And thank you for the example of Jesus, who was before the high priest, and they were making false accusations against him, and they uh, struck him. And they abused him, and he didn't answer anything. And they couldn't find any anything evil about him, so they made up false witnesses. We're, we're glad to, to know that we have the example of Jesus and what he did in those situations. Thank you that we have his doctrine. Lord, we want to be true disciples. We do want to keep his commandments and keep his word mm -hmm. and to love the brethren so we can know that we're true disciples. Mm -hmm. We're thankful for the brethren that are here. Amen. And I pray that you will strengthen the bond of peace and unity that we have. Mm -hmm. We're just 
thankfully for your scripture and how it speaks to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Your Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for Sister Karen for teaching and inviting us. We pray for the conversations meeting coming up this Thursday. They have been very edifying. And Lord David was a prayer of very good
Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of Jesus, not only uh, in, in heaven now, but Father, when he was here on the earth. We thank you for the, 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 the testimony we have in the scriptures. Father, we thank you, Lord, that, that, it, it, that we can know the doctrine, that we can know the teachings of Christ that reflect the Father's will. We thank you, Father, for giving us this. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that we might understand and know the things that are freely ours in Christ. Father, we ask for grace that we might serve you acceptably, that we might do your will. Help us, Father, to lay down our life for the brethren. And, and we thank you, Father, for this meeting. In your Son's name, amen. Amen. Amen.
for the sake of us. But Father, yes. we ask because, Father, we are hungry and thirsty mm -hmm. for righteousness. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we can understand you is to be more conformed into your image and understand in our mind what your mind is thinking. So, Father, I pray over our fellowship tonight, Father, that we have a deeper hunger than we have ever had before. Yes, to amen. understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so that we can live our life here on earth mm. as you want us to live, and your thoughts are in heaven for us to live. So therefore, Father, and I end my prayer by asking, Father, that uh, I, I, I watched a beheading of, a, of an Arab person in a city street, Father, by the government. It is so horrendous of what is going on to people who are standing up or resisting the devil. Father, I ask that you send mercy to that man. Father, that you, if you have to, send such a great fear upon them that they will stop doing what they're doing to their people. And Father, give them the spirit of love somehow, some way. What I saw was so horrific. It was the worst I think I have ever seen. And I'm a Marine officer. And so, Father, God, we, we are so hungry for you. We, if we do not have you, we have nothing. Mm -hmm. And my prayer tonight, mm -hmm. I am asking for you, for all of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. For this evening, I pray for those that have been wronged or offended. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them, that you would soothe the sting of the offense, and that you would bind up their wounds. Lord, I pray that you would deliver them from a spirit of bitterness and hardened heart. I pray, Lord, that their desire would not be vindication in a self-serving way, Lord, that their ultimate desire would be for the soul of the offending party. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the spirit of forgiveness and that they would let go of a burden that they do not need to carry. <laughs> I pray, Lord, that you would protect them as well. Lord, I thank you for our brother Sid uh, bringing up our brethren and that you have created in your image, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would also protect them. I pray, Lord, in that particular name, that you would show yourself mighty and strong against those that, that oppress your people and your creation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us and for allowing us to rejoice in your word. Pray that you would strengthen our assembly and increase our faith. We also pray for the Miller family that you would help them through this time of trial and give them peace. We pray that you would unite their family and put a special blessing on them. We also pray for Brother Gibbon that you would preserve his body and his mind and that you would heal him so that he could be with Christ. 
would also pray for our nation, that you would remove all evil from government, and that you would you would call those in power to follow you more closely. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Our Holy Father in heaven, we pray in thanksgiving for your faithful ministers who feed the, feed the flock, Lord, who labor in your word and who minister to the body. Um, Lord, we ask a blessing um, on Brother Given and Sister June. We ask you to um, be with them, um, give them a testimony of your healing power to Brother Given. We desire to have them here with us, and we wait um, in joyful hope for, for his return and testimony of your healing. pray, thanking you, God, for for the word made flesh, for Jesus' public ministry set forth as an example for us to follow. Um, we ask for the strength to judge nothing before it's time, to seek you and follow um, your will, walk in obedience to your word. And Lord, Desire to be um, faith, made more faithful as disciples. Yes. We need to do everything to bring glory and honor to your name. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Holy Father in heaven, we ask that you would minister the truth of this lesson to all of our hearts and understanding, that it would continue to grow in us, that we might know thee more perfectly and be able to understand your ways and the, the uh, depth of your, your words, the connection between the whole counsel of God and, and this lesson tonight. Father, we, we do desire to be doers of your word, to have faith increasing, to have trust more more foundational and sure that in everything, Father, whether it be circumstance, whether it be uh, a condition of, of health or uh, of ability, whether it be things completely out of our reach or things within our reach, that in all of these things we would be first trusting Thee to guide us and to direct us that we might honor thee. Lord, I pray for the assembly here. I ask, Lord, that you would uh, you would hear our request, mm -hmm. yes. that you would have respect to the desire of our heart, yes. that we would grow up into Christ Jesus, yes. that we would walk before thee unto all pleasing as dear children. Yes. Lord, we're asking not for the glory of the assembly, but the, for the glory of your son, yes. that you would work these things in us. Yes. Lord, we pray that you would give us power to be faithful, even as Brother Given would desire right. earnestly to be here, uh -huh. that you would give him physical power yes. to accomplish that desire, Amen. that you would look upon us with favor 
And Lord, we pray for our brethren throughout the earth. We pray specifically for the Mulele brethren. Pray that you would remember them for good, how that they are faithful in ministering the truth to the people in that area. That you would have mercy upon them and our brethren. And that those that receive mercy because of them, that that you would help them to see that it is because of your love for your people that they have received mercy also. Father, the, the countries that have, have rejected you, we know that you are able to, to sow the seeds of truth even in them. We commit them to you, Lord, knowing that you are merciful, you are just, you are good. So, Father, we, we remember them also. We know that you are mindful of all your people, wherever they are. And, Lord, we thank you for the time that we've had together. We thank you for the preparations of Brother Given to, uh, to make this lesson available to us. And we pray that, that we would grow in our unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. And that our love to one another would be that love that is like unto the love that Christ has for us. Mm -hmm. We ask these things in Christ's name with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Just to confirm, it's the 18th. This is the men's ladies meeting. And Sister Joe's going to host it. And we're going to live stream it. taking him to the doctor tomorrow because I don't want it to progress. uh, He's not wanting to eat a whole lot because he's having other difficulties. Uh, I went and got him some more of the Boost Plus. It's a complete nutrition and it's got like 360 calories so he'll get some calories. But he can't pick his feet up. About that part, and that's high. A lot of times he just barely gets enough off the floor, so his way, his legs are getting weak. Oh, I'm sorry. Um,